There we go. Hallelujah. All right, Heather, sit down, sweetheart. <laughs> She'll kill me later for that. Praise God. Good to see everybody. I'm glad, I'm glad you came to church tonight. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah, I, I went a little crazy with the razor. Uh, yep, so some of you guys might understand I shaved mad. I got the clippers out today, and I was like, I'm tired of this mustache. So I just mowed my face, and I went, what did I do? And then she asked me, what did you do? And I've had several people tonight, what did you do? So anyway, just uh, look, look around this area, and um, it'll come back. Somebody told me that I look like my brother. I said, okay, that's, that's the last straw. Okay, I'm ch- <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Romans chapter 14. I'm going to read a few verses from there, and then we're going to jump into 15. We're almost through with our Roman series. I mean, of course, we had so many weeks that went by, especially in December. December is always a different month for us. We usually do something different every week and, um, and toward the end of November. So I want to jump back into this book and finish it up. And uh, I'm very excited um, about finishing this, this series, but, but really, and I don't mean getting out of it. I, that part I'm kind of excited about, but I mean getting back into it and, and finalizing this letter. Uh, th- there's some, just some great things uh, that Paul finishes up with here in the book of Romans uh, that I'm excited to share with you. Everybody do, doing good? Yeah. E- even yeah. though Des did catch the ball yeah. Yeah. and they didn't count that catch, that rule must change. I mean, if, if he would have had, I don't know if Des is a Christian or not, but I think I would have just said something like, I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. It's a catch. Yeah, it probably still wouldn't have worked, but I want to look at Romans chapter 14, verse 14, um, and kind of uh, pick, pick up where we left off last week, um, or last week, uh, two months ago. Uh, verse 14, Romans 14, 14, I know, that's what Paul says, I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Did you catch that? To him it is unclean. But Paul says, I know and I'm also convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers Anything to be unclean to him, it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, and we talked about that, the, the uh, personal conviction versus what the Bible clearly states is good or evil, right? Personal conviction. Different Christians have different liberties, and your personal convictions are private property, as are your brothers and sisters. That's between them and the Holy Spirit. Can I get a good amen tonight? Huh? But yet if your brother's, listen to me though, but yet if your brother is grieved, it says, because of your, your food or your drink, whatever liberty that you are enjoying, you're no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not, catch this, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's not about what you 
can enjoy or what you cannot enjoy. It's not about what you do or don't do. The kingdom of God has nothing to do with it. It's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things, in what? In righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, is acceptable to God. Oh, this is so good. This is really good. He who serves Christ in these things, not in what he eats and drinks or what he does not eat and does not drink. If he serves Christ in these things, the real things that matter, the things that last, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, he is acceptable to God and approved by men. Wow. I think of Proverbs 3, 4 that says, So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. In other words, live your life. Live your life in such a way to look out for others, to make for peace, not to, not to, be, not to be difficult, not to be argumentative. Are you hearing me? But to make for peace and to find opportunities to edify one another. Now let's jump over to Romans chapter 15 and look at verse 1. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. The word scruples in the Greek means error arising from weakness of mind. Hmm. Error arise. That is, that, what that means is they have a weak conscience, therefore they're not thinking right. They're not thinking right. Uh, and so they get an error. But he doesn't say to rebuke them for it. He says, bear with them. Did you see that? Bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Listen to the amplified version of this. We who are strong in our convictions and of robust faith ought to bear with the failings and the frailties and the tender scruples of the weak. We ought to help carry the doubts and qualms of others and not to please ourselves. Verse 2, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. In other words, what Paul again is reiterating to us is your liberty is never more important than your brother. Look out for one another. Don't condemn their weak conscience. Bear with them. You know, Jesus, Jesus he went about teaching and healing and, 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 and preaching the gospel of the kingdom wherever he went. Acts 10 says that, that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So we know what he did. And then Mark chapter 6, though, says that he came to his own country and, 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 and they were amazed at the kind of wisdom that he brought. They said, how does he get this wisdom and how does he do these mighty things? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Aren't all of his brothers here and the name is brothers and aren't his sisters here and his mother? And then the scripture says, so they were offended at him. And then Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own people. And verse 6 of Mark 6 says this, listen to this, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. So Jesus knew the way to deal with unbelief or erroneous thinking was to teach it out of people. Hmm? To bear with them by teaching them what the scripture says. And faith comes how? How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So we bear with one another the scruples of the weak by, by continuing to admonish and to encourage one another by the, through the Word of God. 
All right? For even Christ, listen to this, verse 3 for e, of Romans 15. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Check this out. I love this phrase. The patience and the comfort of the Scriptures. See, this is one of the things I love doing right here. I love this moment right here when you come here again and again and again and I get to teach you the Word because I know how the Word works. I know the Word does work. I know the Word is effective and it is the thing that transforms lives above anything else. And if I can just get someone to hear the Word, I know that that Word will begin to work in their lives. Sometimes it's an instantaneous thing, but most of the time it is walked out. It's the patience the patience of the scriptures and the comfort, knowing that the word works and that God is faithful to his word and that God will watch over his word to perform it on our behalf. It's, it's not so that's not our place, nor is it our responsibility, my, my family, to make other people's personal convictions like ours. Let me just set you free from that. That's God's area. All right? So the one with the weak conscience is, is, is struggling Many have this misunderstanding about what makes him or her righteous. And this is really what Paul is dealing with. The weakness of, of a weak conscience is, is because someone thinks, if I don't eat this or if I don't drink that, then I will be right with God. They don't really understand that righteousness is who they are, not what they do. Okay? Man's... Self-made righteousness is revealed through their personal convictions and their performance. But God's righteousness is revealed through the good news of the gospel. Yeah. Oh, Amen. boy, that's good. And his good news is steadfast, and it, like I said, it transforms lives over time. And the more we give ourselves to it, the more we will understand what really does please God. How to truly live an effective life. Amen. Serving Christ, as Romans 14 says, serving Christ not for, but in righteousness. Not for righteousness. Serving Christ in joy, not for joy. Serving Christ in peace, not for peace. There's a big difference between those things. And in the joy of the Holy Spirit. Now may the God of patience, verse 5, and comfort. The God of patience and comfort. Aren't you grateful that he is a God of patience and comfort? Yeah. Amen. Grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What he's saying is focus on the things that you agree on. Focus on those things. What do we agree on? We agree that Jesus is Lord? Huh? Do we agree that Jesus is Lord here tonight? Do we agree that our God is good? Do we agree tonight that God is faithful? Do we agree tonight that the gospel saves people's lives? Hmm? Focus on the things that we do agree on. Don't, don't, don't get caught up in, in the little differences. Remember, you are all members of the very same body. Verse 7, therefore receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now, I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision or to the Jews for the truth of God to confirm the promises of God made to the Father. So Jesus is the answer to the, to the promises made. He is the promise, yeah. right? And he came yeah. to confirm the truth of the Word of God, that which had been prophesied for thousands of years before. And Jesus came 
and walk that out and prove that God is faithful, that he, the Redeemer has come as they had once foretold. Now he came, and he came to show this to the Jewish people. And that, I love this though, thank God he didn't leave us out. Verse 9, and that the Gentiles say, that's me might glorify God for his mercy. Yeah, because we got in this thing by God's mercy. They got into it by right because they were children of Abraham. And God said that in Abraham, all the families of the earth would be blessed. And so by, uh, all those natural born children of Abraham, had, they were the apple of God's eye and, and still are. But God chose to be merciful to us. The Jews could see that Jesus was, is, was the Christ. Many of them refused to see it, but those who were looking for him saw him and, and received him and believed him. And they, they, it was confirmed to them. But we, we just thank God for his mercy. Whew, we were on the outside. We were outside of that deal, but God brought us in by his mercy. He saved us. Amen. Amen. For this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and to sing to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with this people. Any, any Gentiles here tonight? Come on, let me hear you rejoice tonight. Hallelujah. And, and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Can I get a praise the Lord? Laud him, all you peoples. Laud him. That means, Lord, have mercy. Uh, 12. And again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. How? In believing. It always comes back to Faith in God. The Amplified says, through the experience of your faith. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace through the experience of your faith. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Now, Paul says this. Now, I myself, verse 14, am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness. Paul says, I am confident of you, that you are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Let me remind you tonight that Paul's not talking to his Jewish brethren. That's an easy crowd to say that to. He's talking to Gentiles. And he's saying this to the Gentile church. Now, why is that important to know that? Well, because I want you to jump over to Titus for just a moment. Titus chapter 1. Everybody okay? Titus chapter 1 and verse 10, if you would bring that up, Sir Alex. And we're going to read through 13. He says, For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision. <laughs> now he's talking about his brothers. All right? He says they are, uh, go back again. Look what it says. That they're insubordinate, which means they don't submit to authority. Both idle talkers, which means they don't have anything to say. And deceivers, which means they're liars especially those of the circumcision. Watch verse 11. Whose mouths must be what? Stopped. Who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. Verse 12. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans or Gentiles are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This is how the Jews, many of the Jews thought of people like you. This testimony is true. We need to stop right there. He says this testimony is true. Now, Paul is not saying that what the prophet said was true. Catch this. Paul is saying 
the testimony that that guy said this is true. Because if it was true, why is he saying their mouths must be stopped? Why is he saying that they're subverting whole households? Why is he saying that they're deceivers and they're idle talkers? No, he said, this, is, this testimony is true. This guy actually said that. That's what he's saying. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in faith. When Peter stood in Cornelius' house, he said, it's against the law that I'm here. It's unlawful that I would stand and, and hang out with people of your kind. That's what he said. But listen to what the Apostle Paul says. Because of the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that revelation was, he said, I'm, I'm bringing to you that mystery that was hidden from the ages. That is Christ in you. And what he was really saying is Christ in you Gentiles. The hope of glory. We could understand that he would come to his own people and he would abide with them, but he would bring you in. Oh, man. So because of that, because I know what the gospel does to a person, because I know that it makes those who are on the outside in the family of God, brings them in, right into the family of God. Be, be, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. This is what I know about the God. This is what Paul's saying. And so because I know that, because I know now you're the righteousness of God, I am confident that you are full of goodness and that you have all knowledge, and you're able to admonish one another in love because the very same spirit that's in me is also in you. Yeah. And God no, makes no distinction. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek, but the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Paul doesn't believe that way about the Gentiles as those other guys did. He says, I have a different confidence about you. Isn't that comforting to know that? I want you to know this as your pastor. I'm confident that you're full of the goodness of God. I'm confident that you're filled with all of the knowledge that you need, that he has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. That's why I expect the best out of you. I expect the best for you, and I expect the best out of you. Verse 15, nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God, that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. That's so awesome. That the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable. And I think that Paul's probably thinking back on, on that experience with Peter and Cornelius. Remember when the angel came to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10? Remember what he said? Cornelius, your prayers and your offerings have come up as a memorial before God. So in order for these things to count for something, you got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to hear the gospel and believe. That way your offering can be acceptable to God. Because you're not saved by works. and you got some great works going for you. But if you'll get saved, all those works will mean something. Amen. Therefore, verse 17 of Romans... Romans 15, therefore I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things that pertained, which pertain to God. For I will not, now verse 18 is where we're going to part for just a moment. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God so that from Jerusalem and round about to Elycrium I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So here's the thing. Paul was said, what I've done is I've given my testimony. I've preached Jesus. I've healed the sick. I've raised the dead. And the Gentiles came into the kingdom and served God as a result. That's an awesome thought. 
He, did, he said, I will not dare to speak of those things. Do you see that, verse 18? Verse 18, bring that up again. I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me. Because here's, here, Paul could have done that, and I'm, maybe he was tempted from time to time to do that, to uh, toot his own horn about the things he accomplished. And matter of fact, from time to time, he would say that, uh, especially in the book of Corinthians, he said, you want... You, you like the guys that boast about all that they do, all they've done. He said, that's how fools talk. But okay, I'll talk like a fool for you. All right, here's the thing. Here, here's how fools talk. I received five, I was beaten five times with rods. I was stoned. I was shipwrecked three times. I did this. I did, this thing happened to me. This thing happened. He said, you, you compelled me to talk like this. This is how fools talk. I don't need to talk to you like this. I'm here to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. But you like, you get something out of some guy telling you how much he paid the price and counted the cost and all the things that he did. He says, I'm not going to dare talk about any of that stuff that wasn't accomplished through Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, I found out all of that stuff I did means nothing compared to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. It added up to zilch. Yeah. None of it mattered. And Paul was a stellar performer. I mean, this guy was hardcore for God. So much so that he was dragging men and women and children out of their homes to put them in prison because they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he believed he was doing it for God. He was for God, pro-God, but he was anti-Christ. And how many of you know <clears throat> that doesn't work all that well? Because God and Christ are the same. He was a stellar performer. He said, as far as the law was concerned, I was blameless. That is, I crossed every T and I dotted every I. But you know what? I'm not even going to talk about those things because that wasn't Christ in me. At the end of the day, that doesn't make people live for God. I did good, so you need to good, do good too. No, Christ has done marvelous things in my life. I, I tried to be good all out there, and the only thing I attained to was self-righteousness. That's all it ended up as. I pleased myself. I was happy with my performance. But Jesus came and accomplished what you and I couldn't accomplish. Amen. He fulfilled that righteous requirement of the law of God. He took it out of the way. And even greater yet, he died for our sins. He died the death that we were supposed to die. Paid the price we were supposed to pay. And God raised him from the dead and through faith in him, we're truly made righteous. It's his grace and only his grace. By his grace that I am what I am and I do what I do. This is what Paul's saying. This is what I want you to see in me. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy, by his grace. Can I get a good amen? Amen. amen. Verse 20, and so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel. Uh, you know, there's, there's, um, there's, there are a lot, we've, we've talked about this, but we, we need to continue to talk about this because, because when we preach about gr the grace of God and freedom in Christ, uh, if, if you really believe that, if you really believe that the grace of God is all you need, how many of you believe that tonight? It's all you need for your life. Then be ready to face persecution for believing that way. Right. Not necessarily from the world, 
but from the church. Yeah. Yeah, and because, because the world acts like there's grace, yeah, but you have to, you have to balance that. You can't just, can't just be all about grace. You've got to talk about holiness too, yeah, as if grace and holiness are separate. You can't just talk about grace. Uh, You've you got to talk about, uh, uh, you know, uh, living right well, as if they're different. It's the same thing. Because the scripture says, sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under law. You're under grace. So apparently grace and holiness are pretty much the same thing. <laughs> There's no place for sin to have dominion. They don't want to always balance it out as if the good news just can't be the good news. You know? And, 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 and they say things like, well, I preach the whole counsel of God. You got to preach the whole. You can't just preach grace. You got to preach the whole counsel of God. Not even understanding that they're quoting the apostle Paul. Watch, bring up Acts 20, 27. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Wow. You know what the Apostle Paul just told us? I ta I've taught you everything you need to know about God. You aren't supposed to be quiet. Did you see that? I have preached to you, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Jesus told Paul what to teach us, and apparently it's the whole counsel of God. It's all that we needed to know as Gentiles. I don't know why Gentiles are spending so much time in the Old Testament. And you should read the Old Testament to learn. That's what it said, for our learning. Those things that were written before were for our learning. Yeah, we learn from those things, but we don't live in those things. We live in this revelation that God gave Paul. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the revelation we live in. I've taught you the whole counsel of God. And it's the grace of God in your life. He says, I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should hit, uh, build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not announced, they shall see, and those who have not heard shall understand. Verse 22, for this reason I also have been much hindered from coming to you, but now no longer having a place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come to you. Whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you, for I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you. In other words, I'm coming to get an offering. Let's just, let's just say what he was saying. If I first may enjoy your company for a while, but we'll hang out first. But now, verse 25, I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. Remember that? Remember when Paul could not get over the Philippians' generosity? And he said, out of their deep poverty, the riches of their liberality abounded. And they were willing to give uh, what they had and even more because they heard about those poor saints in Jerusalem. So the Gentile church took up an offering. And then Paul later on told the Corinthian church, he said, hey, hey, I'm, I'm sending, uh, uh, who was he sending over there? Help me, you took my class. <laughs> it's, we've slept since, haven't you? One of his guys, <clears throat> he sent over, he said, I'm sending him to you so that you can grow in this grace also. He said, I'm, I'm testing the sincerity of your love, but you said that you wanted to give something. Oh, Epaphroditus, that thing. I'm sending him to you so that you can grow in this grace also. Um, 
And, and so now, apparently they did give, and so Paul has this offering from uh, Philippi as well as from Corinth, which was the capital city of Achaia. And, and so he said, I'm going to Jerusalem with this offering to help the poor in Jerusalem. Do you know why, by the way, can I remind you why we've talked about this and we went through the series of Acts, why the Jerusalem church was poor? I mean, think of it. Do you remember how the church began? Everybody sold all their possessions, remember? Sold their land. I mean, you'd think they had plenty of money, and they lived under communism. And everybody had the same amount. Well, how many of you know that doesn't last very long? Hmm? Communism just makes people poor. The Bible proves it. And so they had to raise money for the poor in Jerusalem because they're living like communists. All right. Verse 27. It pleased, it didn't, it didn't say that that was God's will for them. It said that's what they did. Okay. All right. But God showed us how to the world had to do it when America was born. Amen. All right. All right. Verse 27, it, ple- <laughs> it pleased them indeed, and they are, watch, and they are the debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, that is, we understand where our bread is buttered, right? That's why we don't boast against the Jews and act like we're more special than them. No, 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 no. We came in because of them. Right? We don't boast against the branches as we read earlier in this series. We don't boast against No, we're grateful to God. And that we have received now, we are partakers of their spiritual things. What was at one time meant for only them, God brought us in through faith, the faith of Abraham. And watch, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Wow. Therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by way of you to Spain. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you and we thank you for this great message. We thank you for the gospel, Lord, the liberating gospel of grace. Understanding that it is all we need. And your scripture teaches us to grow in that grace. To grow in that grace. Paul said, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among the saints. Thank you for that. Thank you for the freedom that we have in you. But Lord, we also thank you that the liberties that we have, we understand Lord, that not all have those liberties. Help us to to be mindful of our brothers and sisters and never cause each other to stumble, Lord. But Father God, to do everything that we can to make for peace and to encourage one another, to strengthen one another all the more as we see the day approaching, Lord, that we would grow closer together in fellowship. We would grow closer together, Lord, with the same vision, the same heart. That is to glorify our Father in heaven to do works accordingly, to live our lives in such a way that there's no doubt, there's no doubt that that the world sees Jesus in us, that we would be one. Jesus, you prayed for us that we would be one, even as you and the Father are one. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for that, that your word is everlasting. Your word is everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. In it, Lord, there is life to those who find it. There is health to all of their flesh. 
Thank you, Lord. I just thank you for a great blessing upon every family, every household that's represented here tonight. And they're listening by podcast. I thank you for your blessing upon them. Peace and grace be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you that we are no longer under the law, but under grace. In Jesus' name, amen.